0: Anybody here today hard of hearing? (laughs) Raise your hand if you're hard of hearing. Those of you who didn't raise your hand are obviously hard of hearing. (laughs) Because that's uh, what we're gonna talk about in this text this morning. Hearing loss is a common problem with older adults, like myself. Although people of all ages will use poor hearing as an excuse to continue to do what they want to instead of heeding the warning or the direction or generally ignoring the speaker. Spouses may have that problem, not mine. Children may have that problem because being hard of hearing can be embarrassing. You may miss out on what others are trying to communicate or you may misunderstand. Jesus heard and understood exactly what those Jewish leaders who accused him of calling himself equal to God in verse 18, where we left off last week in John, the fifth chapter, verse 18. And he responds with a, I'm going to use some church words today and I'll try to explain to you. It, most of you will know them. He, he gives his Christology, who he is as the Christ In verses about 17 through the end of chapter 5 in John. He confirms personally what John the Evangelist said in 1-1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. John says that Jesus is God. Now Jesus in these verses today says, yep, spot on. He confirms the testimony of John and responds to those who had been hard of hearing when it came to hearing Jesus' message. He explains the relationship he has with the Father, their dependence, or his dependence, and that design. He explains the purpose and the power that he has received from the Father. And in this beautiful conversation of his Christology, he reveals his eschatology. That's a fancy church word for the study of end times. Something that we all must hear. So listen as I read to you from John, the fifth chapter, picking up. I'll give you verse 18 again. That way you know what he's responding to. I alluded to it, but let me read it for you. Because you remember, he's healed this man who was by the the pool of Bethesda. And told him, my glasses feel like they're super crooked. And your whole world was off there for a second. Sorry, now I'm back balanced. Uh, he's healed this man who has been by the water waiting for the healing touch to be in the water. And no one would take him. And Jesus heals him. And he says, get up, take your mat, and go. And now the Jews had saw that, said, oh, he's broke the Sabbath by carrying his bed mat. And oh, by the way, if Jesus told him to do that, he's broke the Sabbath. And oh, by the way, he says he is equal to God. So here we are, verse 18. For this very reason, the Jews tried all the harder to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Jesus gave them this answer. I tell you the truth. The son could do nothing by himself. That becomes a bookend to these verses today. He will say that at the beginning. Here in verse 19, he'll say it in verse 30. I can do, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Thank you, Pierce, for that lead in that children do follow our examples. If they see you in worship, what you do in worship, they may or may not do. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, to your amazement, he will show him even greater things than these. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Moreover, the Father judges no one. Man, underline that. that, that if you haven't read that in a while, who judges? But has entrusted all judgment to the Son. That all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. I tell you the truth. Second time he said it. Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. Third time. I tell you the truth. A time is coming and has now come. When the dead will hear the voice of the son of God and those who hear will live. For as the father has life in himself, so he has granted the son to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the son of man. Third time he's used this title up in the gospel of John to this fifth to- this fifth chapter. He uses that title 12 times in the gospel of John. He is both fully man And fully divine. He is the son of God. He is the son of man. Do not be amazed at this. For a time is coming. When all who are in their graves. Will hear his voice. And come out. Those who have done good will rise to live. And those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. By myself. I can do nothing. That's the other bookend. He said it at the beginning. He's saying it again. I judge only as I hear. And my judgment is just. For I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. Would you pray with me, please? Father, there is a lot of repetition, a lot of phrases and words perhaps many of us haven't been familiar with. But today I pray that you would open our minds to understand That Jesus has revealed himself to those who would seek to kill him as your son. Equal in power, in life-giving, and in judgment. And he also points to the fact that if we believe in him, we will have life everlasting. But the converse is that if we don't believe in him, we will be condemned to destruction... To hell itself. In this hour I pray that we would understand more about who you are. And how you have loved us through your son Jesus. And that no one would leave this place. In a. Longing relationship. One that they're uncertain. Of where they will go when they die. This I pray in Jesus name. Amen. Now. If you're hard of hearing, I had to figure out well, what's the opposite of hard of hearing. Uh, unimpaired hearing? That's, that's the term I used. Those who are unimpaired hearers, those young people out there who have excellent hearing, they learn of Christ's work and his identity in these verses. So let's listen up, if you will, as the coach used to say or the teacher used to say. Listen up. In fact, three times, and I tried to highlight them for you, Jesus says, verily, verily, or truly, truly, or if you have the Greek or Hebrew, amen, amen, amen. That is the word which means, wake up, stomp your foot, pay attention, because I'm about to tell you something you need to heed. And as this clap foot stomper, Jesus is saying, here's something you don't want to miss. Verses 17 through 47, I said, I said, Jesus declares his deity, and we read in it this repetition. We read parallelism. He'll say it one way, and then he'll say it another way. And in the 11 verses we read today, Jesus refers to himself in the third person and in the first person. After these readings... 31 through following, he's almost always in the first person. But if you look at the repetition, he says father seven times in these short verses. He says son ten times. He uses the word life seven times. He uses the word judgment seven times. So over and over, he's trying to establish who he is, that judgment's coming, and there is a possibility of eternal life if you'll believe in him. The Jews had refused to hear him. They were hard of hearing, hard of hearts. Because they had failed to honor the son. And that's my first point this morning. You need to listen and honor the son. Verses 19 through 23, Jesus tells us of his dependence on the father. How he learned from him. How the father has shown him all that he does. And how he loves the son. And even given him the power of life. And wait, he's given him the power of judgment, the ability to judge. He, he tells the danger then, I've got all this. If you don't honor me, I won't honor you. What does that word honor mean? It's a Greek word, timaeo, not tomato, T-I-M-A-E-O, or T-I-M-A-O. What does it mean? It means to place value on something, to hold something precious. The beholder puts value on it. Perhaps the world would not. You have things in your home today. I guarantee you that you could put it in a yard sale and get a nickel for it. But you wouldn't take $5 million for it because it was your dad's or your mom's or grandmother's. We have a table in my uh, breakfast area that was my dad's. that used to sit in the basement where he played cards with his buddies. And he'd covered it with like... Two army blankets and then a vinyl top on top of that. So when you toss the cards, they wouldn't slide across. Whatever. We ripped that off. I tried to rip, refinish it and it was veneer and it looks really gnarly. But it was my dad's table. So I wouldn't ever sell that table. My mom, as I moved her here, she has a picture that her mother took a piece of cloth. almost. Let's, let's call it tapestry. It sounds so much nobler to say tapestry. Basically something from Joanne Fabrics. Well, they probably made it before Joanne Fabrics. And she went behind the characters on this piece of fabric, put cotton, and sewed around it. And then framed it, and it made that picture 3D-like. Some of you are shaking your heads because you've probably done that. That thing probably wouldn't get a nickel in a yard sale. But my mom wouldn't sell it to anybody. She might give it to a, a grandkid or somebody like that. But it's, it's priceless because of the value, the honor that she had placed on it. We honor our cars. Wait a minute, preacher, you're starting to bother me now. Anybody wash their car more than they read their Bible? <laughs> hey, man, the shoe fits. <clears throat> we, we honor our clothing. How many people build closets bigger than bathrooms? Hmm. We honor our cell phones. You know, that's one of my pet peeves anyway. We have lots of possessions that we pour ourselves into versus our faith. would, Would the value of my mom's picture change? I forgot to tell you, her maiden name is Picasso. It's really not. But Jesus has told us in this text, his name is Yahweh. He is God, God's son, fully equal, fully divine, and yet fully man who would be the one who would come to be our sin sacrifice. Well, maybe you saw this Antique Roadshow episode. I I play it because it, it, it talks more about the value of something because of someone else. It has value in and of itself, but uh, I saw this one when it first came out and I I too almost fell down. So I don't know if it's Royce or not.
1: This guy with the long gray hair brought his Rolex watch to Antiques Roadshow. Look what happens next. A watch like this at auction is worth about (laughs)
0: $400,000.
1: You okay? He's fine, but when he got back on his feet, things got even crazier. Your watch, at auction today, five hundred to seven hundred thousand dollars. Peter Thank Plains you. is the appraiser who delivered the amazing news. He just went flat on the ground, which I've never seen that happen before, and it was just, it was unbelievable. <laughs> Antiques Roadshow was in Bonanzaville, North Dakota, when this Air Force veteran named Dave showed off his Rolex. He said he purchased the watch in 1974 for just three hundred and forty-five dollars and ninety-seven cents. Look, he still had the receipt. The watch was in pristine condition. After I got out of the service, I had other watches I wore and I just put this one into a safety deposit box. It stayed there for 30 or 40 years. Why is it so valuable? This particular Rolex is a similar model to the legendary Paul Newman watch, which fetched nearly $18 million at auction two years ago. What is it about that model that makes it so valuable? I think it's probably the finest example of that model in the world. I don't think there's a better one that exists.
0: Now Dave has his own Rolex story to tell. So the watch obviously had value, but he makes it even more expensive because... Paul Newman had one. Think about it. The the faith that you have in Christ Jesus, if you truly understand who he is, who he's explained himself to be, it's priceless. The relationship he offers to you, to know him as your personal friend, as your advocate to the Father, as your way and means of redemption, Restoration for your sinful life. It means all the more because if you know who he's tied to. So, have you been hard of hearing this Sunday, or maybe all the Sundays in the past couple of years? I mean, not just to the preacher, but hard of hearing in worship. We still have people who stay away because they've shut their ears. They've become hard of hearing to being with the body of Christ. We've been hard of hearing in our homes. We've failed to love and forgive like we have been loved and forgiven. We have hard hearts to go along with our hard of hearing ears. We've been hard of hearing with our wallets. Wish Norris was here. He'd say amen, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah. We have. We've been tight-fisted. We've been hard of hearing with our talents. We've been hard of hearing with the Great Commission. Somewhere along the lines, the church has failed to honor the Son. And as nice as that man's Rolex watch was, it was just a watch. We must honor above all the Son of God. Finally, Listen, Jesus is calling. I reflected on these next six verses all week. Dan has saw me pacing between his office and my office. I've told one of the deacons I was preaching on this text and they should read it too. Not that I expected them to get up and explain it. I've called a couple friends and I've you know, I, I even checked out three different theological journals online. I didn't know I could even do that. It said, what school are you a part of i'm like i haven't been in a seminary in like a few years well, let's put it that way but you could sign in with your own name and build a password and you could still have access to some of these libraries so i was looking these things up because these verses that john explains eschatology once again that's that fancy word for end of times when When we die, the last day, when judgment, all these things, Christ's return, all these, he explains an eschatology that perhaps didn't fit with my eschatology. He has two sections there that at first reading, they seem to be in conflict with one another. The first section, this is verses 24 through 27. We've got a little bit of time, and, I, 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 and one, I don't want to create a problem in your own mind, but I do want you to understand the Word of God. I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes in me, who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. I tell you the truth, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. You could go on and read verse 27. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. In this first section, Jesus says, believe in me, and you will have eternal life. I am the judge. I'm actually your, your attorney as well. And, and I know what I've done for you, and I know you've believed in me, and I find you not guilty. Or at least, and Cynthia, I'm not the lawyer, but, you know, case dismissed. I mean, I don't know how you do that. In this particular setting of scriptures, I mean, these first three or four verses, it's like the criminal who is hanging on a cross beside Jesus who says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus' response to him is, today. Anybody else? You'll be in paradise with me. Today. Today. Not, not sometime in the future when the voice calls you to come out of the grave. He says, today. Today. So now you're starting to see the conflict maybe that I'm having in my mind. And maybe I'm causing one in yours. But I'm hopefully we're going to get through this together. In the second section, Jesus says that all the dead will hear my voice. They will come out and be judged. Like Jairus's daughter in Mark 5. Or the widow's son in Luke 7. Or even Lazarus himself, who we talked about a few weeks ago. But we'll look at him again in John 11. He has the power... To raise the dead. Dan gave me an illustration. I'll I'll embellish or say. It's not mine Dan. But Dan said he heard a preacher once say. That Lazarus was just unpacking. In his mansion in heaven. And somebody walked by. and said uh uh-uh, uh. Better repack. He's calling you now. And how bad it would be. To have to go from heaven. Back to walking on earth again. So all these. Human understandings of the resurrection and eschatology and how God is going to piece it all together can cause conflict, I think, in many of our minds. However, rather than seeing them as competitive, I want you to think them as complementary. Jesus was explaining to a culture that understood there would be a resurrection on that last day. If you look at John, the 11th chapter When he goes and sees Mary and Martha, Martha has this conversation with him. If you'd only been here, come on, man. If you just showed up, this was your buddy. You could have healed him. You've healed other people, and now he's dead. And Jesus challenges her, Don't you believe in the resurrection? Yes, I know there will be one in that last day. And he says to her, What? I am the resurrection. And those who believe in me, though they die, they will live. Now, some theologians have called this concept realized eschatology. I don't like to put titles on it because I don't really know the best way to describe it. All I know is that when Christ says to that man on the cross beside him, today you will be with me in paradise. And he also has the ability to call Lazarus or any of these other people from the dead to be alive again, there is a complementary relationship that he is explaining to those with limited understanding of the resurrection the power that he has. Listen, Jesus is calling. Look at this passage again. I want to read them all together and see if you, you know, it's 24. I'll read 27. I read 24 to you. Let me go to 28. Be not amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good will rise to live. And Dan and I were arguing this this week. I didn't want him to say it this way. John, why would you say those who have done good? I wanted you to say those who have believed in Jesus and those who have done evil or those who follow the devil. And I think you can probably do your own extrapolation on that, that those who have believed in the good of Jesus believed in the son will rise to live. And those who have done evil, those who have followed the devil will rise to be condemned. By myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear and my judgment is just. Jesus says, I'm going to call and twice he says, I'm calling. Verse 25 and verse 28, he says, I will call. And he says, answer me now while you can. Because the second time I call will be from the grave. Jesus is calling today to each one of us, follow me, accept me, believe in me, accept the redemption, confess your sins, and have a relationship with me. But if you don't answer that call, someday from the grave, he's going to call again. And then you will be in that second category, those who have pursued evil, and you will be judged accordingly. Earlier this week, I was at home, and uh, I guess it was Monday, and Abel was there with me, Uh, we were probably watching YouTube, he likes Dude Perfect, I'm about burnt out on Dude Perfect, those of you who watch that, I like Fails, and we laugh together, We funny things we watch, Uh, and Brenda's work phone, she has a government phone, it started ringing, and she was in another room, so I got up, thought maybe it was something important, and it said potential spam, I just let it go, I sat back down. And uh, Abel said, who was it? I said, I was spam. He said, Mammal and sisto that's my mom and sister. They know him. He calls there too. <laughs> he had no idea how funny, how great that was. I want you to know today, Jesus is calling and it's not spam. And he's not calling from an un- a blocked number. He's not calling you to pester you. He is calling you to offer you the chance to honor him. As these words, this scripture says, we should and we must honor him by responding to who he is, the son of God. If you have a hymnal in front of you, you don't have to look it up because I looked it up while I was sitting over there. I think it's 316. I know uh, Wade is a fan of Fanny Crosby. She is a uh, blind from about six weeks on. She wrote one called Jesus is Tenderly Calling. And it's different than Softly and Tenderly. Uh, and I don't want to try to sing them either one of them, but it, it, you can look that up. Um, she was born, I think, in 1820 and died in 1915. Uh, she had some sort of eye infection when she was about six weeks old. And as it was in those days, they put a poultice? Poultice. Pol- 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 they put the Pope on her eyes. They put a, put it some kind of, you know, thing, a rag with some probably uh, could be herbs or whatever, some kind of mess on her eyes, and uh, bless her heart, uh, she never saw again. Um, there are some, if you read about her, they said that probably didn't cause it. Maybe it was hereditary, et cetera, whatever. She did not let her blindness stop her from writing some of the greatest songs that we have in our hymnals. And at one point late in her life, as I said, she died in 1915. Uh, she's, she's now uh, pushing uh, 100 years old in her, in her 90s. The story goes that someone said to her, had you been born in this current century, in the 1900s, they probably could have done a surgery to restore your sight. And she paused for a second and thought about it. And ver- rather than getting angry, she said, I-, I don't know that I would do anything different. And the man who was telling her that said, well, why? She said, because the first time I see, the first thing I will see is the face of Jesus. Jesus is calling. You can honor him now by answering him because he is calling to say, I love you and I can forgive you if you'll only believe in me. Stand with me, please, we pray. Lord, as we come now to this time of invitation and a simple call to say, have you placed your faith? Have you trusted in Jesus? Have you given him your life to say, I'll follow you, Jesus? Or have we been pursuing other things with more honor than the Son of God? Whatever decision, Lord, there may be someone here who wants to come to these steps and just kneel and pray. I'll let them know that the doors of the church at this point are open for that. If perhaps someone wants to come and say, I've never asked Jesus into my life, I'd be glad to pray with them and help start them on this journey of having the power of your Son in their lives through the Holy Spirit. Feeling the forgiveness of The burden being lifted from their shoulders of a a life of sin to say, I want to follow Jesus. And thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Lord, let your Holy Spirit move in a mighty and powerful way. You've set the tone for this service. You're calling. Let us answer your call. In Jesus' name, I pray. The man who was telling her that said, well, why? She said, because the first time I see, the first thing I will see is the face of Jesus. Jesus is calling. You can honor him now by answering him. Because he is calling to say, I love you. And I can forgive you if you'll only believe in me. Stand with me, please, we pray. Lord, as we come now to this time of invitation in a simple call to say have you placed your faith? Have you trusted in Jesus? Have you given him your life to say I'll follow you Jesus? Or have we been pursuing other things with more honor than the Son of God? Whatever decision Lord there may be someone here wants to come to these steps and just kneel and pray let them know that The doors of the church at this point are open for that. If perhaps someone wants to come and say, I've never asked Jesus into my life, I'd be glad to pray with them and help start them on this journey of having the power of your son in their lives through the Holy Spirit. Feeling the forgiveness, the burden being lifted from their shoulders of a a life of sin to say, I want to follow Jesus and thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Lord, let your Holy Spirit move in a mighty and powerful way. You've set the tone for this service. You're calling. Let us answer your call. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.